there's so many different types of drinkers and I think it's about inclusivity. There's that buzzword. On a spectrum of drinking, it, in my opinion, no one is a non-drinker. Everyone drinks. It's just what your preferences are. And if you're not drinking alcohol, you shouldn't just be relegated to water and soft drink. But within the spectrum of drinking preferences, and you may alter at different times as well. It might be that you don't want to drink during the week, but on weekends you do. So during the week, you might want non-alcoholic drinks and on the weekends you're going to have alcohol. Or maybe you have a rule that you don't drink at work functions, you only drink socially. Or perhaps you want to do, as you say, a, a challenge where you're off booze for yep. 30 days or something yep. like that. There's so many different types of drinking preferences and we should be providing for all of them. Hello and welcome to a cup of tea with Mary B, where I have conversations with ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. Wow, oh my goodness me, we're on to series three. Over 5,000 downloads of this podcast. I'm really quite overwhelmed. I really love having the feedback from all of you telling me that you're finding the podcast inspirational, that you're learning lots, and also that apparently that I laugh a lot, which is a good thing, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, my next guest, I am delighted to share our conversation. It's about a subject that I'm very curious and interested in. Sky Wellington is a producer, a content writer, a master mum, and she's also the co-founder and the chief enjoyment officer of Wisecrack Drinks, which is a new business that started here in Singapore. I'm delighted to share our conversation where we discuss the addiction of alcohol and sadly how companies are specifically marketing and targeting women who are feeling stressed and overwhelmed and telling us that alcohol is the answer. We also talk about how historically we've been conditioned to use alcohol for socialising, building community, celebrating, commiserating and making connections. At no time are Sky and I advocating for anyone to give up alcohol as neither of us have yet. But we discuss that when you raise your awareness to your relationship with alcohol, how you can make more informed well-being choices for you and your body. I'm sure you're going to find this conversation as fascinating as I did. Please enjoy listening to this master mum of three, Sky Wellington. Hello, Sky. Hi, Mary. Welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mary B. Thank you for having me. You're the first of season three, so I'm... Oh, gosh, no pressure. (laughs) So I'm so excited about... I've been so long. I'm so excited about having our conversation. So thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm really curious to find out more about your new business venture, Wisecracks, which is this low-alcohol, non-alcoholic drink range that you've got involved with. So I would like to ask you about what's Wisecracks, how did it come about who your business partners are, and if there's any personal reasons why you got involved with the business, actually, and maybe a little glimpse into the future of Wisecracks, too. I'm happy to share. Oh, wonderful. So tell us about Wisecracks. Um, well, so I guess yeah, it's, a, it's a place where you can find great alternatives if you don't want alcohol, water, or soft drink. Um, but I think we can also act as a, as a tool or a resource for people that are keen to discover the benefits of not drinking. 
Wow, yeah. Well, I'm all up for that. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing, um, well, not middle, I'm 11 days in to um, Naughty November, which I've given myself the month of November off alcohol. So I've been enjoying tasting your products. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get involved with Wisecracks then? Uh, so I had met Tom. I ran a, a volunteer group for five years, Singapore Nippers. I started that in 2015. And through that process, managing volunteers, um, oh, sorry, a little aside, uh, Singapore Nippers, it's a, um, we teach life, surf life-saving skills to children. So I met Tom through that, but I just knew him as a, another parent on the beach when I was sort of working and managing people. And lovely guy. And then he contacted me out of the blue last year with this business idea. He had, had been down in Margaret River. I love um, Margaret River. It's beautiful. <laughs> creating his own product called Ovant, which is delicious. There's some um, three variations of, of um, botanical distillations. And I think through that, uh, the research that he conducted in order to create that, he realised that there was a, a bigger market available that wasn't being served, especially not in Singapore. So non-alcoholic drinks are very popular in Europe and the UK and the US and even Australia now. Uh, and we feel that there's an appetite for them here. It's just that people don't have access to them. So we're helping by bringing them here. Oh, wonderful. So you met Tom, he's designed his own drinks, and now you're going to expand it into all of Singapore. So what was it about getting involved? In the, obviously, Tom is very lucky to have you as business partner, and I believe you've got another business partner Yes, too. Olivia as well, uh, who Tom had met at INSEAD um, a number of years ago doing different courses. So they're very lucky to have you as their business partner and all your creativity and your writing and all that lovely stuff that you do so easily and effortlessly, or so it seems to me anyway. What was it about this particular product then or this particular business that you thought, yeah, I really want to get involved in this? Uh, so I had, after spending five years working on nippers, I was a bit burnt out. Um, I love volunteering. I love a community. I loved creating a community, but... I needed to put some more time into my own family and my own um, get back into my work as well. As you know, I'm a copywriter and a, a TV producer. So I had been working uh, doing that again for another sort of eight months or so. And I was back to working alone, which is fine because I'm quite used to that when I'm doing my writing work. But then when Tom came to me with the idea, uh, I think it ticked a few boxes. So there was the potential for collaboration, which I just love. Um, and that's why I love going off and doing the Olympic events and, yeah. and working on those big productions because um, you can... The whole team. Yes, yeah. yeah. You're pulling off something bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, Beautiful. That you, that you all chip into together. Mm. Uh, so I really enjoy that camaraderie. So there was that. There was uh, you know, the, the chance to throw my creativity at something. I'm not very good at applying it to myself and my own business. I do it for clients. So Wisecrack gave me an opportunity to sort of, you know, create a tone of voice and help create a brand and, um, yeah, throw my skills behind something that I cared about. And I guess that leads into the final point, which would be positivity. I think I really liked the idea that it was a business based around providing something worthwhile to people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it ticked a lot of boxes. Oh, wow, I can, hear that. I can hear that. So the whole collaboration, I know yourself, like when you're working on your own, you know, the, the opportunity to do something with like-minded people is yes. wonderful. Really allows you to 
expand your fantastic creativity, but also use your humor and that wonderful way you have with words, but also doing something good and positive and uplifting and changing, changing things for the better. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, wow. I can, I can see why, how attractive it was for you. So why do you think we need these products then? Why is there this growing need for these other choices rather than having alcoholic drinks to have non-alcoholic drinks? I think coming out of the pandemic, or well, we're not quite out of it yet, are we really? But mm. I think the pandemic has shown us that mm. we probably need better ways to cope. We've had to cope and endure for an extended period of time and alcohol probably doesn't serve us yep. as the, um, the crutch to get us through that. So I think a lot of people in their own time, in their own homes, on their own, have been reviewing their relationship with alcohol. And of course, social media, there's so much information av available now. So we, we're more cognizant of the, um, not wanting to demonize alcohol here, but the ill effects of alcohol. Uh, we're, we're much more aware of them now. And then also there's big movements towards and conversations about wellness and self-care. And so we're just more aware, I think, um, of what we're putting into our bodies and starting to question, you know, obviously what goes in comes out. So yep. if whatever we're putting in is not producing great results for us, we're not coping well, we're not feeling great, then maybe we want to start reviewing, you know, what is actually going into our bodies then. Yeah. So I hear all of that. And, and you know, for me, I think one of the key words you said there, which really resonates with me, Sky, is my relationship with alcohol. And I think that's a key thing that unless you consciously sit back and go, hmm, what is my relationship with alcohol? Is it what I want it to be? Could it be different? Because I think we're conditioned so much that we use alcohol to celebrate, community, getting together, having a few drinks. We're just conditioned to do it. It's, it's very in society. And I think, um, particularly, I think you're correct, you know, with the worldwide pandemic trauma, you know, every time there was a bit of news that we're going into lockdown or the rules have changed again here, you can also hear that the corks being popped and the chink of the glasses. People are, oh, I don't normally drink on a Tuesday, but I think I'm going <laughs> to. And, and actually giving people say, well, you don't have to. There's other choices here available. And I think is really key. Yeah, I think we all went through those periods where every day started to blend into the next That's one. Right. There was no delineation mm. between days. And yeah. Um, there's no sort of reason to, to not drink unless you create one because every day is the same. So nothing special, nothing is off limits. So yep. we need to impose our own structures, I guess. That's probably, we're trying to make a correction maybe, a lot of us, to give ourselves back some balance again. Uh, and, and when you were saying before about we're conditioned, yeah, I mean, I've been drinking since I was a teenager mm. without question for decades. Mm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of us go through life like like that, especially our generation. I think younger, um, you know, like millennials are more aware, have greater awareness than we did growing up that you can socialise in different ways. Uh, but I think alcohol's always been at the, the centre of get-togethers and the way that we convene and share time with each other. Uh, we can still do that, but we don't have to place alcohol at the centre of it. Uh, but it's we've become reliant on it, and there's reasons for that. Yeah. Um, there's um, social stigma, and there's you know if we don't drink, uh, there's you know the addictive nature of alcohol itself, and yeah. So I, I think it's um, it's good if you have the wherewithal and awareness to to have a look at how you're drinking and decide if you want to make any changes. 
I think the awareness is key there, definitely. So by getting involved with this um, company, and it's your company, business, has it changed your relationship with alcohol? It has actually, um, but quite by accident. It wasn't necessarily something that I set out to do. So if I backtrack a little bit, yeah, I struggled during the pandemic. Uh, I think I probably was before that, actually. Uh, I needed to review how I was handling my life in terms of my habits and not just drinking, but uh, sleep Mm. and diet and exercise and they all do really go hand in hand Uh, so I had already decided that I wanted to start taking care of my fitness again so my way back to feeling healthier was exercise first then diet then alcohol and now I'm working on the sleep wonderful (laughs) wonderful um, I've got a long way to go sleep is my downfall or lack thereof (laughs) Um, but yeah I I I think by virtue of having the business, I've got access to products, right? Mm. So I'm very lucky I can have them available to me in my fridge. Uh, but not by design, quite accidentally, I have found that over the last you know, however many months, I have been drinking them more and more and I've stopped buying alcohol. <laughs> I didn't necessarily set out to do that. Uh, it's come about through convenience. But what has happened as a result is... I've gotten rid of the cravings, I think, for uh-huh. alcohol. So, of course, when you when you stop drinking, you're, um, you don't have enough dopamine. Your brain's not producing as much dopamine because it was relying on the alcohol to help create that for you. So you kind of go down a little bit. But if you've got non-alcoholic options there to help you get through that rough patch until your dopamine picks up again, or the dopamine receptor sites increase, and then you make the job so much easier for yourself and it's a lot easier to say no to alcohol. So I, yeah, quite by accident, found myself drinking more non-alcoholic drinks, not missing alcohol, and then got to a place where I was feeling physically good as well as mentally good. And then I was able to even realise that I was breaking the ritual behind the drinking. Mm. So whereas I would probably want to have a drink in the evening and sit down on the sofa after the kids are in bed. I was no longer, it wasn't actually occurring to me. Some nights it does, um, but most nights I'm not thinking about that the way that I used to. Sorry, that was very long-winded. No, that was great. No, really, really valuable answer, actually, because I think many people use that habitual thing to relax. I need to relax, or I need to have some fun, or I need to just let go of the week or the day or whatever it is. And then Again, conditioning and the habit is, well, I sit down and I open a beer or a glass of wine and that makes me feel relaxed. So we know that because the product is addictive, the product is addictive, that what happens is, it's very hard to stop at one. Yes. And then you have two because the product is addictive. I don't know if I've said that enough. Because, <laughs> you know, I have clients that come to me and say, you know, I want to change my relationship with alcohol. And, and say, so, you know, I just haven't got the willpower. And I say, it's not about willpower. The, the alcohol product, begets more alcohol. The, it wants you to drink more of it. Correct. <laughs> well, it's, it's your brain. It's, it's yeah, the, exactly. the dopamine hit that you're getting. Yeah. Exactly. And we're taught that our brains teach us because it's, it's playing on our um, reward system in our brain we're teaching ourselves that alcohol is good we're going to feel good if we have alcohol so then then we want it more Mm. Uh, and then our brains stop producing the dopamine in the same way they become it becomes um, more um, deficient and we're relying on the alcohol to create that for us so 
Yeah. So I really, really, anybody listen to this, it's not about your willpower. If anybody wants to change their relationship with alcohol, stop beating yourself up about willpower because it's not about that. It really isn't. And, I, and so I changed my relationship with alcohol through lockdown. Home-based learning took me over the edge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should say, I'll interrupt you very quickly just to say, I'm not advocating that everybody should give up drinking no. and that nobody should drink. I'm not saying that at all. And I don't... No, you, you I'm know, not saying that so either. I, no. I'm, no, exactly. What I'm saying is, what's your relationship with alcohol? Yes. Which is different. And so I realised that home-based learning, I was just opening wine, I'm thinking, why, you know, and you get sick of it, actually. So um, I listened to a, a podcast, um, Podcast Addict, and it was Andy Ramage, One Year No Beer, with Dr. Uh, Rongan Chatterjee. And I listened to it, and it made so much sense about what he was saying. He just tried it for 28 days. And I thought, well, why not? I haven't ever, ever tried it for 28 days. I've never proactively thought about stopping drinking alcohol because I just hadn't thought about it. And I did, and um, I used different alcohol substitutes because the sugar you know that sugar craving i think for me as well that's the best thing about non-alcoholics they're so low, low in sugar, sugar and it, calories anyway it is i know it's low in sugar and calories so i did lose weight through it as well and i did that for 35 days and as that exactly as you said this guy i'm not advocating that people need to stop drinking i haven't stopped drinking i'm just changed my relationship with drinking so as a result of that i did drinking differently yeah exactly about what I drink, where I drink, who I drink with, all of that has shifted. And I love being in control of that, actually. It's wonderful. Um, and I love my champagne and my red wine and a glass of Sauvignon Blanc at times. But through going through that, and I'd call it a life-changing process in that thinking about my relationship with alcohol, I did loads of research and I, I went into the great big I rabbit hole. I bet you hole. did, yes. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, I loved it. And there's so much out there to help us now that was never there before because I think we do have a different sort of connection there's with alcohol. Apps, there's groups, there's, there's books, there's, there's podcasts. Yes. And some of my favourite books like Tired of Thinking About Drinking, which that in itself. But the other one that I thought was really great as a female was How to Quit Like a Woman because we are programmed differently. We do have a different relationship with alcohol. It affects our body differently. And I really like the fact there's actually lots of opportunity now to just learn from different people and not use the historic, which has helped lots of people, and it's really great, but not rely on the historic Alcoholics Anonymous, which was done in the 1930s by white, white male Caucasians. And it works for some people. Yeah, the 12 steps are great, for, and, and I don't know enough about alcohol addiction, so I don't want to sort of wax lyrical about that. But yes, there are other ways. There's other options to, and, now. and there's other types of drinkers that may not consider themselves heavy enough of a drinker to want to go to Alcoholics Anonymous but feel that they because they're craving a drink each day it's significant enough to them that they maybe want to get back in control of that so there needs to be other options apart from Alcoholics Anonymous exactly there are and help those people. there are there are like um sober coaches mm. you can get so much support out there and there's so much free resource out there so I think I was so I was so happy to learn all about that because I just didn't even know it existed because I didn't even look and find out about it. So I really am grateful for for that time to have have done that. So I think the fact that you are offering through your business an opportunity for people to take more care of their well-being and give them more choice, that in itself is going to help them in their holistic lives. Absolutely. I think uh, there's so many different types of drinkers and I think it's about inclusivity there's that you know buzzword um on a spectrum of drinking it, 
in my opinion, no one is a non-drinker. Everyone drinks. It's just you know, what your preferences are. That's right. uh, and if you're not drinking alcohol, you shouldn't just be relegated to water and, and soft drink. But within the spectrum of drinking preferences, and you may alter at different times as well. It might be that you don't want to drink during the week, but on weekends you do. So during the week, you might want non-alcoholic drinks and on the weekends you're going to have alcohol. Or maybe you have a rule that you don't drink at work functions. You only drink socially or Perhaps you want to do, as you say, a, a challenge where you're off booze for yep. 30 days or something yep. like that. Um, there's so many different types of drinking preferences and we should be providing for all of them. I agree. I love the, because uh, it's some of the words that I love, but, you know, sober curious movement. Yes, and the mindful drinking. Yeah, yes. all of that. It's just raising your awareness to what, how you're looking after your body, what are you doing to your body, and how does it make you feel? Because I think, and, you know, all of us, I think, if we're really honest... Some of the time when you go and reach for alcohol is because you don't want to feel the way you're feeling. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling frustrated. I've had a stress. I've had a bad day at work. I'm feeling anxious. And so what we do is use alcohol as the anesthetic to go, right, I don't want to feel like that, so I need to change my state. When I drink alcohol, I think it makes me feel better. Well, of course it does in the short term because you get a sugar hit. Straight in. Dopamine. Mm. I feel good. But of course then we know the knock-on effects of that. So I think we have to learn to deal with the root cause about how we feel and if you do feel you want to drink then the fact you've got your fridge stocked with a non-alcoholic choice i put mine in a champagne glass you know i have the same ritual that's good about i don't know no judgment on myself there um, but you know it's about i like having that celebration feel and the bottle of bubbly and up but i absolutely adore having a clear head the next day absolutely <laughs> It's so good, isn't it? It's so um, good. Yes, and not to sort of um, say that a night out with your mates having a few glasses is a bad thing. Either. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> I'm very but, good at um, that as well. <laughs> when you were saying, um, you know, about using alcohol to escape or for avoidance, um, it is true. And for every drinker, there's a, you know, there's probably just as many reasons as to why people drink. But the best thing about the non-alcoholic option if you don't want to go cold turkey is that you can really quite dramatically change your life by not changing anything at all really because you can continue to drink it's just that you're putting something different in your glass yes so it's a really easy way to to have really maximum impact if you want to feel better i think the other thing about having rather than going for the soft drinks like the baby drinks if you like I think the whole packaging and the branding of the non-alcoholic drinks, they really look like it's alcohol in there. So if there's any stigma and you're like, mm, I don't know what to say, you can have that, you, like the champagne that I've drunk, you can have that in the champagne barrel with everybody else's and just be picking up yours. And nobody even would know if, you, if that's something that you are concerned about, I think, which is really great as well. And I think there, yeah. you know, that stigma obviously exists. And I think it's because if someone says, why aren't you drinking? When, whereas had we not been conditioned this way, the question would be, why are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, um, but it's such an anomaly uh, that we say that someone wouldn't be drinking. Um, shock horror. Uh, yeah, that um, I think that question, this is just my guess, is within that is someone that's about to feel like perhaps they're being judged because they are drinking. And I don't think we need to feel responsible for each other's choices that way. Um, it shouldn't matter, and that's probably part of part of the issue why the drinking exists there yeah. in the first place because we do care too much about what other people think, perhaps. Yeah. But we should 
people that want to drink shouldn't feel like they're being judged by people that aren't drinking. And so, yes, again, the non-alcoholic drinks, you don't have to draw too much attention to the Correct. fact that you're not drinking. Um, they look very similar. Mm. Um, and maybe someone discovers that it is a non-alcoholic drink and wants to try it. And then, you know, maybe they then want to explore that for themselves as well. So uh, they are good for a social setting and you're not having to have too many of those conversations where people are feeling like maybe they're being scrutinized or judged yeah. actually i'm really grateful to deepak chopra because he shared a quote with me which i do tend to live by as much as i can other people's opinions of me are none of my business it's it's true <laughs> i don't know that i'm all the way there with that I, I think it's a lifelong process probably for me but, but i think that... you're more evolved than, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah no it's true yeah it's true you can't yeah. help and i think getting yourself in knots trying to do things that please others is just going to land you in a bad place, which will really make you drink. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So tell us about some of your products. And I've, I've had the, I've tried the, the champagne, which is lovely. I like the Prosecco more for emotional reasons because the grapes come from Italy, love Italy, but it's actually produced in Sweden. Love Sweden because I live there. Oh, this is the odd bird. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So the yes. Prosecco. And it was really, it really made me laugh because I was, the label was obviously in Swedish. So I thought, oh, I'm going to practice my Swedish now. I, I had that extra treat. So yeah, so... And We've got another oh. um, Italian sparkling oh, coming soon, so okay. I shall okay. let you try some of that yes, when oh, it oh, arrives. Oh, <laughs> oh, if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell us about some of your products. Well, we've got lots of different categories. There's beer is obviously the most well-known because it's yeah. been established for so long. There's been a lot of breweries brewing non-alcoholic beer for a while now to get it to the point where it's pretty good. Mm. Um, actually, excellent. Mm. So there's non-alcoholic beer, there's sparkling, there's spirits. And when I say spirits, um, so far there's sort of gin-based non-alcoholic spirits. There's rum, there's tequila uh what else is there well they're the ones that i can think of off the top yep. of my head so uh then you've got what we're calling blends uh sort of known as industry references ready to drink okay. so they're, they're blended drinks pre-mixed cocktails but pre-mix has such a bad connotation mm. i think yeah and a bit left over from decades ago <laughs> where really sweet sugary slushy <laughs> drinks um these are really quite sophisticated and advanced and the flavor combos are really great so we've got uh, different brands within our blends category and that's proving to be very popular actually ah, interesting so mm. it's all in a can you pour it into a glass put a slice of lemon or orange or in there or yeah bottle. but individual serving sizes oh yes mo oh mostly. nice so you can have that one in the evening pop it into glass have an experience and they're really portable so oh. because they're an individual serving size you yeah. can take them like if you're going to the beach or for a picnic nice. or a barbecue not that we're socializing yeah. at the moment we will be um, we will be yes <laughs> Or to someone's house, or they're, mm. they're really convenient, oh, I guess. Yeah, good. They're getting really yeah. great convenience, great flavour, really good flavours. Um, and then what else have we got? We've got aperitifs and cider, and we've got only one cider because we've, we've been very selective with all of our drinks. We've done a lot of taste testing. Um, so only one cider has made the cut okay, so far. Okay, that's good to know. But it's amazing. I love it. Ooh. Um, Sheppies. I think I need to try that one. It's yeah. really good. And then we don't have any wines at the moment because none meet our standards right now. So we well, don't want to pass on anything that we wouldn't drink ourselves. Do you know, that's really good to hear because I did go to, I won't name the brand, to somewhere else to try the wines, the non-alcoholic wines. And I, 
I'd rather just have a glass of water, actually. They were so not very nice. Whereas the Prosecco and the Champagne definitely had much more pleasing palate. Yes, much yeah. more, I mean, considerably. Yeah, I think it's really yeah, yeah. Uh, quite complex and, and difficult uh, to create a non-alcoholic wine. Uh, I think the notion to create wine and then de-alcoholize it yeah. <laughs> probably uh, leads most producers to <laughs> wanting to buy cheap grapes, right? Because they don't yeah. want to waste really you. good yes. quality grapes on yes. something that is not going to retain yes. the alcohol. This is a guess. Yes. Um, yes. So I wonder what would happen if you started with really good quality grapes, but I think the production costs or the costs overall might be so high that it's just not possible to create okay. a good non-alcoholic wine. I'm not sure, but I think. But the, I live in hope. Well, I, and also, Sky, I think with the sober curious movement and the shift, you know, sobriety is the new sexy. Where there's money and people paying for it, and there's a demand, then let let's just see yes. what happens with that as yes. well. You know, it'd be, and it'd be quite interesting. There's a lot yeah. out there that we haven't even tasted yeah. or tried yet. So yeah. I'm sure there probably is something yeah. great. Just haven't but found we just it. Just haven't found it yet. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, that's interesting to yes. know. And you mentioned before about, and I'd love to share the story about the uh, German Olympic team. And, oh and the yes. beer. I thought that was yes. really interesting. Um, yeah. It, it um, and it featured uh, in some news coverage. It was a few years ago. Featured in news coverage on NPR and and uh, the New York Times and places like that, it got a real sort of um, Guernsey in the press because the German Olympic team were using non-alcoholic drinks to help them recover from training because there's studies showing that it can help with reducing inflammation mm. and it's also isotonic. So instead of having your hundred plus, say, not that. I'm not saying that the German Olympic team drank 100 plus, but just say you were having a, an isotonic drink to restore salts and whatever in your body. Um, they're obviously full of sugar, you know, Gatorade mm. and things like that. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, whereas non-alcoholic drinks are very, very low in sugar and uh, can rehydrate you. Wow, mm. good to know. Mm. Good but to don't know. take my word for it. Do your own research. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. Well, what I'm I've sure, come I'm across. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I must say that, and again. As I say, up until a couple of years ago, I wasn't even into this field of, of this whole research. But I think the feeling is, is that men and non-alcoholic beers has been more acceptable and around for longer. And that story, so I suppose, backs that up. And people, especially people, I think about people I know that train well or want to watch their weight, they know the benefits of having that. And it does look, nobody will know, especially if you've got a stubby on, nobody would ever know what's in that bottle anyway. So there's, so it's, but I think it's for, and I'm going to say there's a female and, the, and women and I have to ask you about this subject and your thoughts on it. What made me feel really sad, actually, when my eyes were awoken and my filters were off about the whole drinking scenario, was how we've been targeted as women. And I read a book, Quit Like a Woman, and she talks about it there, and The Naked Mind is another book. Um, how we've been actually targeted as women to, to drink. Yeah, we've been and, had, right? <laughs> yeah, and the marketing. And I yeah. went, oh, I felt so naive and yeah. stupid when you go, oh, my God, it's so obvious, Mary. When, but if you don't know, you don't know. But as Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. You know, oh, my goodness me. If there's money to be made, I'm sure uh, some sort of company is going to um, find the marketing yeah. to, to get us to buy whatever it is they're selling. So, yeah, yeah I think they... The marketing behind um, addressing the idea that women struggling with it all, you know, work and family and um, all their responsibilities and feeding into that idea of making jokes around wine o'clock and, you know, 
yeah, that they've taken advantage of something that is quite a real concern for a lot of women, you know, that juggling everything um, and used it to sell, <laughs> sell product. Yes. So it is concerning, but I mean, it's yeah. concerning. I don't know what the answer but it is, is concerning. To that. And then again, from the, the books and the research I've done, and it, again, it's obvious when you know it, but everything, isn't everything obvious when you know it? If you look at the correlation of smoking and how that was produced and marketed, so similar to what they've done with females and, and alcohol as well. And, and as I say this, we know how ridiculous it sounds. Women were told, if you're stressed and you've got children, have a cigarette. Mm. Yeah. But the same marketing is happening now. Women, if you're stressed, you're busy, open a bottle of wine. You watch the television, you know, detective stories, the detective comes in, she's a female. She opens up a laptop, she opens a bottle of wine. It's everywhere we're being conditioned ladies nights unconsciously all the time and again i'm not saying here now i'm giving up drink forever but i think just being wise about it and knowing what's been done to me and there's a greeting card um, online firm that i use and again when my eyes are opened and you look for a card for a Mm. girlfriend a female you can't find one without a reference to alcohol you can't find one without a reference to alcohol (laughs) it's like so we've emancipated ourselves we're you know, master mums and we're doing all of this but yet we're celebrating our friendship through the fact that we're all getting yeah know. so so marketers know that women mothers working women need to let off steam and and yep. um, alcohols become the the way to sort of target yep. them to do that yeah yeah um as i said i don't know what the answer is no um but I really think, Sky, what you're doing with your business, and I know it is a business, of course, you're going to get a lot of money out of it. Good, because you're doing a good thing. But the thing what you're doing with your organisation, your business, is giving people more choice. I hope so, yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's a choice. It is a choice. I can cho- At least if I've got more choice that I feel comfortable with, I enjoy the taste, I can bring it with me, and it's a substitute, but a good substitute. Yes, yeah. Then that's what you're doing with your business, exactly. I would Exactly. If, yeah. if you've um, sort of realize what's going on how you're being marketed to and pitched to with alcohol and then you conduct your own research and realize that oh gosh there's all these downsides that I hadn't really considered and um and then you start to once you look it's hard to look away right so then then you want to go looking for uh, alternatives so that's where hopefully we can um, support people fantastic well I'm really delighted that you started this new business venture thank you I can see it really lights you up you know the fact you'll be able to use your creativity you're making doing some good for yourself actually as well and and the world around us so I wish you every success with it thank you I am a customer as you know and I will continue to be because I do like having choice because choice is good so I have three questions um, Sky asked all my guess and I'm curious to your answers so what advice or emotional support would you give to your 16 year old younger self so tough isn't it so many things I could say (laughs) um I would say um back yourself I think I had a lot of doubt and fears uh from a young age really I erred on the side of caution probably a bit too much and didn't take risks and things work out things will work out fine oh they do (laughs) And if they don't, then you find a way so that they will eventually. Yes. So I wish I yeah. had just um, yeah, mm. gone with my gut on a few more occasions. Gone and with your gut. Mm, yes. I think I've been in the lucky sort of position, I think, that I've always known from since I was six years old, in fact, that I wanted to write. I've, I've always known that that is something that I want to do in my life and there's still more that I want to do with it. But 
gosh, have I avoided it and um, given it away and not invested it in myself and um, not seen, like ignored signs along the way in my journey in life. <laughs> um, but it finds you, your purpose finds you eventually. Mm. Um, so you can't, you can't really avoid it. And I say, the um, whispers, I, the whispers, the knocks on the head. So I'm curious, I have to ask this question. You'd be disappointed in me if I didn't ask you. What happened when you were six years old that told you that being a writer was your purpose? Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I, we had to do a, create a book at school. I was in grade, um, what grade would I have been in? Grade two, I guess, um, in Queensland. And we had to create a, a, a storybook. And I worked so hard on this storybook, um, creating the narrative. I say narrative, I was like <laughs> six, right? <laughs> Um, Let's use the word narrative. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and illustrating it as well and decorating the cover. And um, I'm I'm no graphic designer or illustrator at all, but I I quite like um, sort of colouring and drawing and stuff like that. Uh, So I'd put a lot of effort into this this storybook and I won a competition at school. And I don't know that it was winning. It was more the, um, I think, people really... I just remember the kids in my class and my teacher all wanting to to look at my book and to read the story and just feeling really happy and feeling like there was some click, I I think, you know, that that I was doing something that I was supposed, that I was here for. Wow. Mm. Such a strong, vivid memory, I can Mm. tell. But then I had my secondary school English teacher in year 12 saying, uh, that despite my efforts, I wouldn't reach my full potential with my writing until well into adulthood. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. I know teachers do the best they can with the resources they have, but I sometimes think some often underestimate the power of their words and the labels they put on children. I do a lot of work with many people who've had a teacher, a person in authority say something and it's stuck for decades. So, yes, I'm sorry to hear that story. But the great news is you're you're living your purpose now. Yes, you're you're create and you're well, and you'll move more and more towards it. Towards it. Yes, yes. I think yes. I've, I've still got so many things I want to do. It's yes. just not enough time. Isn't that great yeah. though? And it keeps you young. Keeps you young. So, what is the legacy thinking you want to leave your three gorgeous children? Ah, uh, gosh, uh, Matilda, Flynn, and Bronte. I hope you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, well, maybe I'll borrow some adage. I was going to say adages. I don't know if you say adage as a plural. Anyway, so only dead fish go with the flow. <laughs> so my first, um, uh, not my first, uh, my first boss in television in Sydney. No, I had another one in Brisbane, but um, she had that as a sign on her door. And <laughs> I've never forgotten it. I think it's great. It says so many it. things. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I mean, just think how your life is with that as, as your mantra. You yes. know, only dead fish go with the flow. I love that. And um, what else? I, uh, mysterious, not obvious is the one that my mother would say to me. And I think that was mainly to get me to make sure I was covered up and, and not wearing revealing clothes, really. Stop the crop tops yeah. and the high shorts. Yeah. Not that I was, I was not really into that kind of thing, but yeah, I think she wanted to keep me sweet. 
So there was that. And, um, and you know, the classic do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't think you can go very far wrong if mm. you follow that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess my personal ones to them would be um, be curious, mm. fail, and don't please. Nice. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Oh, one more thing I just thought of. Yes. So um, my kids will never listen to me. So that's going to go nowhere. They'll never listen to what I've said in this podcast. So what I do when they will do when you're older, though. That's the thing. They will come back. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. So what what I will do with them, though, is I listened to, and you'll love this because you're a podcast queen, (laughs) um, I listened to a podcast interview between Dave Grohl and Fern Cotton. She hosts yeah, the, no, the Happy, Happy Place, Place yeah, good podcast. podcast. She interviews Dave Grohl, and I think she has before, but the most recent interview she did with him, oh, my God, I was like, just life lessons. It was so good. It was so inspirational and so good, in fact, that despite, you know, F-bombs flying left, right, and center, <laughs> I will let my kids listen to it because I think there's some really good nuggets in there. So if all else fails and they don't listen to my advice, I'm just going to play that podcast. <laughs> So what was the one that jumps out of there for you, that particularly, anyone that particularly jumps out of you, any nugget that, that on that he, interview? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, the one that you can share. I'm just trying to think now. There were so many. Honestly, he... he... All right, so we've got to listen to the whole yeah, episode. Yeah, you do. You really okay. do. All right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Fern, Cor- yes. Fern Cotton, I don't think place. I could pick, really. Okay, like, oh, good. The whole thing, so, yeah. Okay, okay. Great, great, great. So what are you most grateful for, Sky? Oh, so tough. There's so many things to be grateful for, isn't there? Um, you know, surviving through this period of time as well <laughs> as we have compared to so many other people in the world, it's been awful. Um, I mean, you know, impoverished countries, not getting vaccines, the arts industry in Australia, not getting funding. I mean, it's just been a really hard time for, for lots of people. So I guess I'm grateful for my, my health and safety and that of my family. Um, I think the thing I'm most grateful for, well, two things. Um, kids is the obvious thing, but I'll leave that to one side. My husband, because he rarely gets the thanks that he deserves from me. <laughs> this is public now, Alex. It's public. <laughs> he, he honestly, he he loves me no matter what. Well, well, so far so good. Um, and to have that person in your corner, mm. it, it provides so, so much strength. Mm. It's lovely. So that... And I think the other thing is, you know, the magic of words. I love words. I love, you know, it's a scary thing sitting down with a with an empty page, but there's so much possibility. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's, you know, what what combination of words can I put together to make someone feel like this on the other end when they read it? So, I, I yeah, I'm grateful for words and writing. And, and your gift. It's your gift. Well, I don't know. Maybe I feel like it's my purpose or it's the, it's the thing that I can do. It's, it's more like it's the thing that I can do. This is what I do. I'm not really great at many other things. Yeah, but you what know what? You've said something that I have to say. Because you can do it and you do it so well, what's very easy for many people, you undervalue that as a gift. Because you go, well, that's what I do. Mary, that's what I do. I just get a blank piece of paper and I just, I just make the puzzle come together. But that's your gift. And it's, you know, it's, well, it's a it, joy too. Exactly. Yeah. So Except therefore, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's invaluable and so I would say that is is your gift and your purpose and that is why you're always going to be successful because you're marrying those together and the fact that what you're writing about and what you want to do moving forward and you share some of your ideas with me is going to help even more people and so when your purpose is and your intention is that high 
my words, the universe rises up to meet you. Yeah, that's, I'm going to think of it your way. I think that's very nice. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I think it's been a a really slow burn getting to where I need to get to, and I'm not there yet, but um, I'm on my way. Well, as we say, we'll we'll continue works in progress. Thank you, Sky. You're I welcome, really Mary. appreciate your time. You're sharing your insights and knowledge. And I'm, yeah, let's watch, watch this space for Wise Corrects and how it goes forward. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Mary. I loved it. Pleasure. As you can hear, this is a subject that I'm very curious about. And I've done lots of research, got lots of books, listened to lots of podcasts. As again, those who know me is no surprise. I thought it was really interesting to hear about the dopamine connection and alcohol, how you can actually reduce your cravings by drinking the non-alcohol options. I think Skye's a great example how she's given up drinking by not thinking about not giving up drinking by stocking her pantry and fridge with different drinking choices. I also thought the story around the German Olympic team was interesting and the positive impact of the non-alcoholic beer on their performance. I love that Wisecrack is aiming to normalise the fact that choosing not to drink alcohol is okay. Personally, I haven't decided to stop drinking alcohol, but I'm certainly going to continue making conscious choices about when I drink, where I drink, and who I drink with for the foreseeable future. One of my favourite quotes is, alcohol steals the joy from tomorrow. So true. My teaspoons of inspiration from this conversation with Sky are, yourself and go with your gut. Your purpose finds you eventually. Only dead fish go with the flow. As you can hear, that's my absolute favourite. If you've been inspired to change your relationship with alcohol, I'll be sharing some of the resources I mentioned in this podcast on my MMMM newsletter. So please sign up and subscribe to that and you'll get that dropping in your mailbox. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to lift my guests higher, It'd be so great if you could rate and review it in order for it to reach more people. If you want to connect with me or give me some feedback or ask me some questions, please find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram as Mary Barrett Global. And come and join my Mary B tribe for that regular MMMM, the Monday morning motivational mail to drop into your inbox. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, have fun, learn lots and remember... Every time you make a choice, you change the direction of your life.